the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Larry Weedy Kind. Hello. Welcome to this week's episode of Relevant Recovery Radio. We're glad you're listening. I'm your host, Heather Mosier, in studio with me today, husband, co-host, Donnie Mosier. That is me. That's your title for now. We'll see if I keep him. Mm. (laughs) And that goes beyond the radio show, if they only knew. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. We are sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. We have a detox and two-year recovery program. The detox portion is inside St. Joseph's Hospital in beautiful downtown Houston. And then we follow you for two years post-discharge, including recovery coaches, IASIS, 12-step support, all kinds of stuff. And so if you're interested in that, our website is www.matthewshope.org or... You can give us a call at 844-263-4673. That is 844-AND-HOPE. You can also catch the show on KPRC 950 Sundays at 1 o'clock Central. That's true. Or yeah. all of our past episodes are on the iHeart Media Radio app for free. Yeah. That's how we listen to ourselves. <laughs> it's really weird to listen to ourselves. Anyway, so. I hate my voice. I, mean, I hate I, your voice, too. It's weird, we have right? something in common. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to talk about spiritual tools. And this is kind of a, a, a crazy cool topic because it applies to anybody, whether you are a drug addict or alcoholic in recovery or just a regular normal person listening. Mm-hmm. Um, These are things that can apply to anybody. And so we're going to be talking about what spirituality is, different tools to be spiritual, what it means to be spiritual, uh, what spiritual progress actually looks like, and why it's key to our sobriety. And so it's an important topic today. I'm glad everybody's listening. So, Donnie, if I was to ask you, what does it mean to be spiritual? What would you say? When I first got sober... To be spiritual meant I have to be a good church person or I had to be an apparition in a movie. Mm. I I mean, I really didn't know what it meant. I I didn't have a um, a definition. What I've learned over the last nine years is that um, the spirit... The spirit realm is uh, sort of that fourth dimension. You yeah. know, you have your three dimensions. Well, there, there's a fourth dimension of the the unknown, the, the, the subconscious, the consciousness that connects us. Whatever it is that exists for all eternity that doesn't exist in time, matter, or space here like right. we do. Right, right, right. And so we exist three-dimensionally here on Earth, planet Earth, as humans. Um, but the spiritual realm is something outside of those that three-dimensional world. It's hard right. to describe, but I agree with you. I think that that's the core of what spirituality means. And on the flip side, I would also go as far to say there's tons of people that are religious or church-going that actually don't have a spiritual way of life. Right. And right. there might be people that aren't religious at all. That have a, that very, have a very strong life. spiritual way yeah, of life. We have some right? friends like that. Yep. That's true. And so, in your opinion, what would you say... Uh, spiritual progress might look like? If, if How would someone know if they're making any spiritual progress? Ooh, the tough questions today. I didn't know you were going to do this to me. I wasn't yeah, prepared. I, I want to keep you on your toes. See if you know what you're talking about. I'm going to go and pick up my other phone and start checking my work emails. <laughs> <clears throat> um, you know, it, it's funny that, again, I had this idea of what that meant, this idea of spiritual progress, but what I see today is that it is relying on 
on the spirit of the universe, Mm -hmm. relying on the power that is the creator of the universe, and allowing that power to change me internally. Yeah. Thoughts, ideas, actions, emotions. Yeah, all of that. Because when I when I get sober, I have this idea plane that I operate on, and I have this belief system plane that I operate on, and everything I do think, feel, is all relevant to that plane. Right. Um, the subconscious is constantly influencing the conscience and my decisions. Mm-hmm. But the more I work a spiritual program, the more my ideas, thoughts, emotions, decisions, everything starts to change. Because I think I get more detached from self yeah. and more attached to the spirit of the universe, to you, to others. And I think that that's why this topic is so important. It's a very broad topic. There's no way that we could cover uh, all spiritual tools or <laughs> everything about a spiritual walk in our, our episode here. But it's so important because when we talk all the time about uh, the 12-step world that you and I are in, mm-hmm. it's also called a spiritual program of action. Yeah, That's a very common phrase in, in our world, a spiritual program of action. It's not a spiritual program of thoughts. It's not a spiritual program of ideas. Um, spirituality and action all always go hand in hand. And so we're going to look at some of these actions that equal spiritual growth or spiritual progress on the show today. If, if yeah. we, we have to live a spiritual program. So in a nutshell, what would you say is why is spirituality key to our sobriety? Why? Well, I mean, let's go back sort of to the definition because I don't want to skip over the the written right mm-hmm. in our literature. So in our literature, there's a um, in the back, it's called the appendix to spiritual experience. And the the first paragraph says the term spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book in um, in upon careful reading shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism is manifested itself among us in many different forms. You so actually, it's about a personality change. It's talking about a personality change. You actually answered my question uh, without answering my question. Uh, <laughs> and so why is spiritual progress key? Why is it the key to my sobriety and your sobriety? Well, and let's let me give one more definition real fast. Okay. Carl Jung, it's your yours oh, and mine. It. It's our favorite definition, right? To me, these occurrences are occurrences are phenomena. He is talking about a spiritual change. It says they appear to be in the nature of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements, mm-hmm. ideas, emotions, and attitudes which were once the guiding forces of the lives of these men and women are suddenly cast to one side and a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. Right. And so when I look at spirituality and whether or not I am changing, it, it, it means, am I having a personality change that's sufficient to bring about recovery? Am I being emotionally rearranged internally as a result of some work or some actions or some disciplines that I am doing? And I know that that's, wh- that's why I'm sober today. These actions and these disciplines or this spiritual walk that I've been on has kept me connected to a power greater than myself that has guaranteed my sobriety. You know? And that's so counterintuitive to the majority of people in the 12-step fellowship we're in who are looking to that external change through the gym or meetings or <laughs> yeah you know those are I mean? external too that's not what we're talking about right <laughs> let's take a quick break don't go anywhere you're listening to relevant recovery radio
Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. I'm your host, Heather Mosier, co-host Donnie Mosier in studio with me That's today. That's me. We're talking about spirituality and spiritual tools. Yes. We need spiritual tools in our toolkit in order to stay sober and or just live a happy life. And so we're going to give an overview of some of those different spiritual tools today. What? I, but I want to ask you a question on something you touched on. Hmm. When I hear somebody say spiritual action, yeah, right, I'm yeah. not sure what they mean because I thought if I was in the spirit world <laughs> that I'm just like, right, I'm just in that world. What do they mean spiritual action? Well, we're going to go over four basic actions. Okay. Uh, like meditation is one action. Yeah. Prayer is another action. Oh. Self-value is another action. And community is another action. And we're going to dissect each one of those. Are we going to cover self-care today? We are. I'm so <laughs> oh, this excited. Is so great. <laughs> I hope there's something in here about a man who is a manly man, but a husband who can take a bath with a bath bomb. Um, I can't say that that's going to be part of the show today. If I asked you to hand me a bath bomb, would it actually be a plugged in toaster? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so let's back up. Let's, so I want to dissect each one of these. So we don't have time to cover everything, but I want to cover mm-hmm. some basic understandings of how meditation can be a spiritual tool that I can use. There's so yeah. many different forms of meditation. I remember when I got sober and I was living in a sober house, there was this guy's sober house down the road that did like the guided chakra meditations together mm-hmm. and we would all like get in our cars and go over there for these and <laughs> and and I would try that and, and nothing came to me from that I didn't understand what we were doing and then there was another like hippy dippy thing in the woods with incense where you're back to back and I tried that and nothing worried so I everybody has to go on their own journey to find out what forms of meditation work for them because there's so many different ones right and right. so like the first like basic one is like breath awareness There are so many different types of breath awareness and breathing technique type uh, meditations that can be very functioning and very helpful. Explain, what is breath awareness? I don't actually know what that means. So I read a book in early sobriety called Dharma Punks, and it's written by a guy who was a heroin addict, and his dad was like a self-help guru, book writer guy, and, and he was having a panic attack. And he calls his dad from jail, and his dad, like, calms him down and and eliminates his panic attack through a breath work exercise. Okay. And so it's like belly breathing and counting breaths. A certain way to do it. There's all sorts of ways. Sometimes you will hold a nostril with a thumb and sometimes you will, you know, puff out breath. There's all sorts of different breath awareness ones and it completely centers you and can take away anxiety in that moment. I didn't actually think about that. So I have done I didn't realize a breath, maybe this is not a breath awareness, but one of the meditations that I've done is you close your eyes, Mm -hmm. you take in like long six, seven second breaths, Mm -hmm. but you're counting those breaths. And what it does is I'm focusing so much of counting the time that I'm breathing in and breathing out that it sort of allows my mind to rest and it's not wandering. Yep. That's that's the idea around breath awareness. The the another one would be the chakra or healing. There's like Reiki and, and or Reiki, however you want to pronounce it, and chakra. There are certain colors uh, that align with certain parts of the body, and and there's so many. You can go to YouTube for a huge resource of different chakra meditations, um, and this has to do with like sacred geometry and really being one with the earth. There, there's so many different kinds, and I would say like in in the yoga world, that's probably the most popular is okay. to do different forms of like chakra or healing meditation. There's also one that's called grounding meditation. Uh, grounding is a, 
a really helpful term and they can they can blend it with meditation but it's kind of like if you're having a panic attack or mm-hmm. if your mind is not right, you can say, okay, name five things in the room that I can see. Okay, name four things in the room that uh, I can smell. Sort of name differentiating. three things in the room that have color. Sort it, of, of getting all of the believed or the fancied ideas out. and Bringing yourself completely to the present. To the reality, okay. The grounding meditation is, is fully, fully living in that present moment as it's happening and and the environment around you. Okay. Really being grounded on that. So that's one. One of my favorite ones, the one that finally worked for me, was reading. <laughs> reading and literature can be a form of meditation. I'll never forget, I was a few months sober. I was arguing with my sponsor because I was telling her all these meditation things I'm doing. I'm doing mm-hmm. this, I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm not experiencing God at all. And, and she goes, Heather, what do you think meditation is? My first sponsor told me, he said, how many times have you sat in a meeting and shut your mouth? Just sat and listened. And I said, well, most of them. And he goes, that's, that's meditation. That's it. And she said that it was any time that my heart was open to hearing from God. And so whatever I could do to open myself up to receive a message from God was a form of meditation. Like you're saying, the meetings through people. Yeah. And so for me, it just clicked that I could literally read my Bible in the morning, asking God to speak to me through his word. And that was a form of meditation or any sort of spiritual literature. It didn't have to be that. Uh, and so that's a form of meditation that I have practiced since I got sober, yeah. knowing that that was a form of me seeking to hear from God. And so I love using reading as a form of meditation. And there's almost nothing wrong Wrong or, or no wrong things to read. No, no, no. Yep. God can speak to <clears throat> the higher power. The spirit of the universe can speak to people yeah. through a million different things. That's right. I think it's uh, if you're seeking. If you're seeking. If you're seeking. And so another form of meditation would be two-way prayer. And we actually use this sometimes in the detox for our clients in the detox. What does that mean? You get a piece of paper, you get a pen, you play very calm, relaxing music, Mm -hmm. and you're going to write a two-way prayer as if you and God are having a conversation. You're going to ask something from God or talk to God about how you're feeling or what you're going through. But then you're going to respond as if you are God and what God would be saying to you. This would not be a good exercise for a schizophrenic. <laughs> right? <laughs> I You're don't like, know. Oh, I'm already having this I'm conversation with him. <laughs> and so it's really helpful. A lot of times we use that in the detox because when people are trying to get a grip on what is spirituality, just opening your mind so that God would speak to you at all or what his opinion of you might be or how he might comfort you, mm-hmm. it's a very cathartic and therapeutic way to meditate. Hold on, I need to look up cathartic. Don't, because I don't even know what it means. I just think I used it in the right context right there. Let's hope. Pretty sure. All right, Oklahoma, I'm going to go with it. <laughs> I make up, I'm known to make up words, but I'm pretty sure that one was correct. Okay. My favorite one, another favorite one of mine, is stream of consciousness meditation. Mm. Now, the original 12-step people that mm-hmm. created our original 12-step fellowship uh, use this often. Do you know what it is? Do you want to describe it? I don't actually know what it means. So stream of consciousness meditation is when you get together. uh, You can do it alone or with a group of other like-minded people. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're going to go through a period of meditation with pen and paper, and you are going to literally write your stream of your consciousness. Like the thoughts that are crossing your mind. All of the random things that cross your mind. 
uh, as you're trying to sit there and be present in that moment. If it was, you know, Aunt Julie, that's something that she said 10 years ago, or then it's someone you worked with, you know, six months ago. And or, at the end, you put them all side by side and you score them on who had the stupidest thoughts. No, oh. no, that's not what you do. The The assumption is, is that God brought these things to your consciousness because mm-hmm. this is where you need to be praying and seeking. Ah, and okay. so then you direct your prayers to these people or these things or these experiences that brought came to your consciousness. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing it with a group of people, it's really interesting because a lot of times you'll end up writing the same thing silently, not knowing the other. I, you and I believe that we're all linked yeah. in a way through our consciousness. And, and I think it depends. Are, are you... Um, I, I do believe in, I, I don't care if people out there are religious, not religious, what they believe in, but I believe that there is good and there is evil in the world. Sure. And I think the more you are on one side or the other is who you're linked to consciously. I believe that. What you would know? you say, Donnie, is the the form of meditation that you use most often, most effective for you currently in your sobriety? I mean, early on, I tried all of them. Yeah, I mean, me I tried quite a few to try and figure it out, but today... Um, I sit down and I do my spiritual reading and that usually launches me into um, what I want to pray about that day. And then I just, you know what I'll do is I look at each of my phones, my personal work. I'll look at my calendar, get an idea of the day and I sit quietly and just contemplate my day and let my brain go. Yeah. I tried all these forms at different points and I utilize different ones at different points in time. But for me, uh, reading and speaker tapes or listening to other people learning from God's kids, Mm -hmm. uh, that seems to be really effective in my life that someone's experience can really be impactful, that God is speaking to me through their experience. So Yeah, absolutely. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. I'm your host, Heather Mosier, co-host in studio, Donnie. That's right. Two two monkeys about to fling poo at any time. (laughs) Oh, my God. So we're talking about spiritual tools today, what it means to do the actions that equal spiritual benefit, spiritual progress, spiritual growth. And before the break, we were talking about meditation, which is basically opening your heart to hearing from the spirit of the universe. But now we're going to talk about prayer. Prayer is me talking to God, talking to the spirit of the universe. Mm -hmm. I think that... In the 12-step world, they give us certain prayers, and in lots of different religions, you have a certain set of prayers, and and that can be good to memorize a few set of prayers and all of that. But really, my prayer life has dramatically waxed and waned and changed over the last five and a half years. And I would say the first couple years of my sobriety, I was super disciplined with it. I was super against it. You were super against it. Well, I didn't get it. Like, so when I got sober, I was completely atheist. I didn't believe there was a God. I um, didn't believe that there was anything outside of me that could fix me. Right. I was really ridiculous. How'd that work out for you? It didn't work out well. (laughs) Exactly. Burned it down a couple of times in sobriety, right? Um, But for me, it was really ridiculous to pray to something I didn't believe in, something I didn't know if it was there um, for a long time. But in the beginning, time, didn't you say your sponsor just told you to pray to the air? It didn't It didn't matter? Speak to the air. Yeah. That's right. You do what I tell you to do. It'll work out. And he was right. In yeah. the end, it worked out. Um, but there is this idea 
Um, here's my question for you, hmm. because I think everybody knows about prayer. Do you think there is a correlation? So you and I believe fully that what we say in prayer, God hears, God delivers whatever God wants to deliver, right, from that prayer. Yeah. But do you believe there's a correlation that when I'm saying prayers on a daily basis that something's happening in my mind as well? So sure. let's say every day that, let's say there's this lady named Sheila that I work with and I can't stand her. And so every day- What did day, Sheila do to you? Well, I can't stand her. <laughs> throw her off the building but <laughs> let's just say that um every day i'm praying for her because i want to get over this anger with her because anger is not good for people like us so i've got to yeah. get through it and every day i'm praying for her is there some kind of reinforcement do you think happening in my brain as well as speaking to god sure about it? i think that what i was taught with prayer is to there's no like right or wrong per se mm -hmm. but i would say that i intentionally try to pray out loud um, but the more that I've been disciplined about praying for something specific, whether it's for someone that I didn't like mm -hmm. or a resentment that I had that I couldn't get over or mm -hmm. some forgiveness that I couldn't give somebody, I think that the repetition of me doing it, A, is a discipline for me, mm -hmm. right? I'm learning to be disciplined by God for a greater good. Yeah. But on the flip side, I'm kind of reprogramming my brain to see a situation in a different light. Ah, through the repetition. Through the repetition of it. So are there any prayers that you sort of repeat on a daily basis or do you have any like go-to prayers that you do every day, period? I think, it, well, our literature taught us the third step and the seventh step prayers. Mm -hmm. And so for years I would use those and those still are my go-tos of the prayers that I have memorized. Um, there's the St. Francis of Assisi prayer that's but, real common. But when do you go to them? In the morning. What no, do you mean? that's not what I mean. So... I guess some days I like have specific things that I need to ask God for. And for those of you out here listening to us, when we say God, don't let that turn you off if you're not there. When we talk about God on this show, we're open to whatever your belief is. We have a specific belief. We have a logical idea of what life is about for us, but we don't want to turn you off. So if we say God and it offends you, you know what we're talking about? Mother Nature, positive energy, like whatever, positive whatever energy. makes you okay and not bristle with antagonism. But what I'm saying is that there's certain days that I have specific things I'm going to ask God for. Mm -hmm. And there's days where I'm like, uh, I ain't got it. Don't know I have anything to say. And I may go to those canned prayers because they got some pretty good stuff. Well, I think it all depends on like the way that you're looking at prayer. There's been chunks of time in my life, sober or not, where um, I see prayer as me asking God for things, mm -hmm. but more often than not now, it's not that. Um, I think that that goes down a really self-centered rabbit hole at times, or it can. Right. And so I try to pray for others, or I try to tell God how grateful I am of things that he's given me in my life, or I try to just talk to God like like he's a friend in the car, <laughs> that yeah. here's what I'm struggling with, please watch over and guide my life, show me what the next action to take. Like. When we get sober, so many people talk about them utilizing foxhole prayers of God, mm. please get me out of jail. God, please get me out of this. I won't ever touch drugs again. Or God, please get me my kids back. I won't ever do this again. Or if you just give me this job. Right. And so I don't want to go down that self-centered. God is not some like candy man in the sky just going to rain down your wishes and desires on you, per mm -hmm. se. Right. Mm -hmm. um, He's not a delivery service. Right. And so when I, the reason I memorize and use the third and seventh step prayers, because there's a whole different attitude towards those those prayers it's not gimme 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 it's god use me 
How can, how can God use me? How can God mold me and shape me into what he wants to be? Uh, what kind of employee or what kind of wife or what kind of friend or what kind of sponsor am I supposed to be today? Because I'm just like a raw ball of clay on a potter's wheel every morning and I'm supposed to let God mold me. God's supposed to be the director of my life. Do you think that you stopped asking God for things when he delivered the ultimate husband to you? Do you feel like your life was so fulfilled at that point that you didn't need to ask for anything? I'm not even going to entertain that with a response. What? (laughs) I just figured that he fulfilled any dream you ever had, so you had nothing to ask for anymore. I think the safe go-to prayer is to pray for others in general. I do agree. And so another thing we want to talk about besides prayer is self-value. Well, wait, I, want, I don't want to leave prayer yet. I do. I want to talk about something that bothers oh, me. Okay, go ahead. So I believe in, do you believe in mm. prayer for others out loud for that person with that person? Sometimes, if that person's what, open to it. What is with the religious world and the way they do it? So it can be really abrasive or uncomfortable. Oh, it bothers me. And so let's let's say it's like uh, I'm I'm praying for you to have a better attitude, right? We're just <laughs> this is a hypothetical. I don't I love your attitude, but it's it's the way they wear it. It's like God, I just come here today so that you can do this for Heather, and I just, and God, and I just, and God, and I just, and I'm like, oh, Lord, come up with your own prayer. Stop repeating what everybody in the religious community is, is repeating. I think that that's the, the danger in memorized or um, ritualistic type prayers is the methodical nature, and they lose their supernatural point. Well, and they lose the realism. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because the realism is like, you know what, Father, I need your help. Um, my wife really needs all of the power you can muster in the entire universe to change her attitude. I think. Well, See, that's real and from the heart, right? I think that's... the most the most <laughs> genuine time that I have ever spent with God to this day is when I did step six and seven the first time through with mm-hmm. God, and I had a list of my character defects in front of me. Like you came from the heart. And I am literally crying, pouring my heart out to God, begging him to remove these things from me because this is not who I want to be anymore. And people that are listening don't know you like I do. You rarely cry. I, yeah, I don't cry, really. Right. And so it was a very genuine, sincere time that I spent with God, and it profoundly changed the rest of my life. And so through what we're talking about, right? So we've gone through some meditations to get quiet and prayer. Yeah. And and so how about and and so this is this next topic, this self value topic actually hits me. Yeah. Um so I'm coming off of a three week emotional bender, right? Where I have been in complete sort of self. I haven't been acting right. Yeah. I haven't been myself. Thank God I have a rock like you that's been able to help me through it and be patient and be kind to me when I didn't deserve it, right? I've just been in a really weird place in faith, in the program we're in, just kind of in everything, right? And in talking through some men in my fellowship, some men very close to me and getting real with them, something that started to come out is that I have a very low self-value. Yeah. And this is why when I'm in a group of people, I want to be bled, exciting and entertain them. And I want to have all the opinions and I want to have all this stuff because I don't believe I'm good enough. Yeah. I'm not good enough in God's eyes. I'm not good enough in your eyes or their eyes. But I think that that's just a a human thing that everybody goes through at different points, different low spots, you know. And so when we say this phrase, self-value, um, 
it's only because we're trying to get away from the phrase of self-love or self-care because mm-hmm. it's so trendy and yeah. because I really want us to dissect that. Uh, there's a big, big difference between me valuing myself and, and versus self-indulgence. And so I think society's kind of lied to the whole population yeah, to I where agree. when we say the word self-love or self-care, people might think, oh, that's me going on a shopping spree or getting my nails done or taking a bubble bath. Yeah. And it's not. And so I want to separate those phrases and, and kind of get to some truth that true self-care is a form of valuing yourself. And there's many, many, many ways <laughs> that, that we can value ourselves that will make the complete difference between indulgent or not. Right. And, and so based on this thought idea, right? So um, you and I fully believe that God has all the power in the universe. Mm -hmm. He doesn't need me. I need him. Right. But there are certain things that I need to do. There's that old phrase. If you want to move a mountain, if you want God to move a mountain, that's cool. Bring a shovel. Bring a shovel, right? So what can I do to bring up my value? Well, I can do exercise and keep my body in shape. Yeah. I can get enough sleep so that I am with it. I can keep myself clean and hygiene. I can eat well. I can go to, like, I'm going to take care of this physical body and God will take care of the internal. Yep. I agree. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. We'll be right back after this quick break. Listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. I'm your host, Heather Mosier, co host Donnie. We're in studio at the KPRC AM 950. It airs Sunday at 1 or on the iHeartMedia app for all of our past episodes. Today we're talking about spiritual tools. Mm. Uh, what does it mean to be in action spiritually? Well, and we've covered meditation, which mm-hmm. can quiet my mind to get me more in sort of contact with myself, my my internal, my consciousness. And, and we, we covered prayer, which kind of opens me to be more moldable and less self-centered. Right. And then we talk about self-value because if I don't feel that I'm worthy of God's love or your love, I'm going to keep acting like a baboon. Right. And I think that just to kind of tie together the self-value, and you, you said a few things at the end before our break of uh, that I completely agree with. And I think at the core of it, I was told a long time ago that if I want true self-esteem, then I need to do esteemable things. Absolutely. And so there's so many things that I need to do um, that I can do that are open to interpretation. You can do a lot of things, but to earn self-esteem, a lot of times people say, well, I'm a good person, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and it's like, cool, that's not exactly what we're talking about because a lot of people can be a good person, but have self-centered motives in being a good person. Well, and there's that. And so we also talk about taking care of yourself and in our Mm -hmm. fellow we have a triangle that is like recovery unity service but i believe there's also a spiritual triangle sure and that spiritual triangle triangle is my spiritual practice my physical and mental health Mm -hmm. um and then oh my mind just went blank i don't know what the third is mind body spirit so i have to exercise my mind my body and my spirit at all times and even like when i was I don't know, a few years sober, even staying caught up on like doctor appointments that mm-hmm. I had avoided for years, almost a decade, or, mm-hmm. you know, going to the dentist and, and just like basic. How's that medical thing going now? Are you like, is there an appointment you need to make? <laughs> there or? might be. There might be. Um, but I think that that is true value of self. If you care taking about taking the time, taking the time to value your body and yourself and, and live a long time. Right. It's a vessel that's just loaned to me uh, to see what I'll do with it. 
you and I happen to believe in our faith that our body is a tent or a temple and that we all house a piece of God, yeah. right? And so how am I taking care of that temple? How am I taking care of this tent that is only going to be here while I'm here before my spirit goes on to the next? Am mm-hmm. I doing a good job of that? And I felt real convicted lately because I eat garbage. You really do. You're like a trash panda. <laughs> a trash panda. But now I always think of like Oscar the Grouch. Oh, like, yeah. like that was me. And uh, I just felt like I grew up in Oklahoma. No offense to Oklahoma or anything, but it was just always like fast food or TV dinners or whatever. Everything's fried. Yeah, everything's fried. And so now like moving here, I was vegetarian with you for a few years. Then we did keto. And now you're on your own healthy keto carnivore diet thing and I'm back to like real convenience. Trash panda. Trash panda. And and it's because I'm lazy and God's not cool with that. And I've really been trying to listen from God and take different action lately. So that's an example of valuing yourself. And me, I've been trying to keep this big old trap shut and just let you figure it out on your own and not tell you how to run your life. <laughs> me and God will figure it out. I know Absolutely. It. So if I am doing meditation to quiet my mind and I'm doing my prayer to help my mind and my connection to whatever you're cool with, God, spirit of the universe, right? And I'm doing the physical things that I can for self-value. What about the people I surround myself so with? So that's the fourth thing that I want to talk about that that has to naturally fall in line with the other three that we've talked about. It is the sense of community. Yeah. We have a duty as as spiritual, <laughs> duty. as spiritual people. We have a job. We have a, a duty to love on our community, period. That's mm. how the community will see God in us, period. Like it, it, It's our job. It's what our role. What do you role. mean love on our community? Explain that to me. There's all sorts of ways. I think that if I am going to love my brothers and sisters, if I'm going to care about the community, then I'm going to care about the widow who's alone on Thanksgiving or mm-hmm. the single mom that can't get her oil changed or, you know, there's... Do you also think it has to do with, like, who we surround ourselves with? If I'm if I'm doing all this work, right, I'm going to start doing these. These are disciplines, by the way. And if I'm doing them, mm-hmm. I think that it... It matters who I'm surrounded by. What community am I surrounding myself? What kind of vibes am I getting? Yeah, I think water seeks its own level. So the more spiritual or connected to God that one becomes, the more attractive. That's the attraction rather than promotion idea. Mm, yeah. uh, people will be attracted to hang out with you or, or vice versa. And, and you can see that y'all are on a, the same path, the same trajectory in life and right. with the same goals to love on God's kids and do, do for others. So I think that... The, my huge, a huge chunk of my spiritual walk is in the, quote, community. Yeah. I need to be around others, and I need to be productive in the community. Um, I, I have a job. I pay taxes, right? I'm, I'm an actual, like, responsible citizen yeah. in this country. But at the flip side, a lot of it is about fellowship, of being there in the good and the bad times with others. I see what you're saying. So it's not just the recovery community. No, no, it's no. just the world around it's me. The whole world How am I showing you? up? It's the neighbor across your street. It's, you know, the the guy at, at church. It's the, the co-worker. You know, right. it, it, there's God's going to put... It's seeing the guy on the corner yeah. and, and, and your first thought is, well, he's just going to waste any money I give to him. But giving him money anyway. Yeah. 
Well, right. We do when I feel that conviction to or whatever. We do. we do. But I think that that's why the 12 step world is by and large so successful, much more successful than any other <laughs> program of recovery or treatment mm-hmm. modality mm-hmm. Is, is because of the meetings and the groups and the fellowship aspect. Uh, it's easy to find someone to sponsor or to find a sponsor well, to, in today's world. It's easy to find people to go get coffee with or hang out with. It's, it's real easy because of the way that the, the structure of the 12 step world is built. Well, and the other thing, too, I think where I misunderstood this, when you talk about community, good and bad, right? So it's my fellowship around the 12-step program. It's maybe a, a church or religious community, but you're talking about the good and the bad. Yeah. I need to be in the bad as well. I have this friend, Pat, a really, really spiritual dude. I mean, probably one of the most loving men I know. And we always make these jokes about this certain club in yeah. Houston, and yeah. Pat's always the first one to go... You know, I hear people get sober there. Like he's always looking for the <laughs> yeah, good. And yeah. and I think what he's saying is that those places need me as well as I need them. Yeah. I need to see the opposite. I need to be present. I need to be around. Yeah. Um, I don't need to just go to the best places. Right. Because how can you find the kids, that, the God's kids that you're supposed to love if you won't quit isolating and get out of your, you know, your, your recliner and go be around them? Right. Right. Like I got to place myself in positions for God to use me and then God will cr- grant me opportunities to be useful. Absolutely. And and so I really value people that take the message and recovery meetings and stuff into prisons. Uh, that's such an amazing, oh. awesome thing that people get to do. I did that early on in recovery and I kind of wish I could go back to it. It was probably now the first time I went in terrifying i was like what if there's a riot while i'm there or they think i'm an inmate or you know what i mean or i get molested or something like what's gonna happen in this prison what you'll realize is that they're just like you you and me do you know the difference they got caught you didn't they got caught there was no difference between me and them and oh it was a wonderful experience to love on some men who just they were so happy for us to come in there there's some real spiritual energy in prisons yeah. And so I strongly encourage anyone to do that. Another thing that the 12-step world does is what's called H&Is, where it stands for hospitals and institutions. And it's yeah. members of the 12-step world. We carry meetings into hospitals and institutions, people that are in treatment. And it's such a way, to, a good way to love on other people and carry the message of recovery. I think it's so important. So as we cover these spiritual, I'm throwing quote fingers in the air, disciplines, um, you know, we always start out real hardcore. How do you continue them? Like, how do I continue to seek day after day after day after day? I think to answer your question, our literature talks about two different types of spiritual awakenings or experiences, if you mm-hmm. will. Um, one is they call it the burning bush or the Moses experience where you the experience white light. white light, where you like you experience God suddenly, quickly, profoundly. Boom, you're awakened. And then the other one is what they call the educational variety that comes over a, a period of time. In That's much- definitely me. That's the class I'm in with those special teachers for the special students and like so me. I think that it's important to still still do these disciplines even when you don't feel God because you're not going to feel it all oh, the time. But every that. time that you're disciplined by doing it, you're taking insurance out on your spiritual walk and your sobriety for the rest of your life. And it's just really important that we do this because the byproduct is this is the only way I've ever been happy <laughs> in Absolutely. the world, right? I think that it's just amazing way of life. I love that we call it a discipline because it's been real to me over the last three or four weeks. I typically have a really good morning discipline that 
sort of lost its value to me and I couldn't figure out why, yeah. but it didn't matter. I just had to keep going through yeah. it. Just keep doing it even if you don't feel it. Uh, you've been listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. We are sponsored by Matthews Hope. You can give us a call at 844-263-4673 or visit our website, matthewshope.org. Thank you guys for listening. Hashtag God, though. God, though.